You're listening to a sermon from Mission City Fellowship of San Antonio, Texas. Mission City Fellowship exists to make and mature disciples of Jesus Christ who live all of life for the glory of God and proclaim Christ for the joy of all people. Well, I mentioned today's sermon is from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. May the Lord bless the preaching of his word. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. Lord, thank you for your word. First, first, thank you for your people. Oh, how sweet, Lord. Just hearing our brother read the word, Lord, we are so thankful for how you are building your church. Your church is filled with people, Lord, and you are gathering all sorts, you say. And we are just so grateful. Lord, may you continue to build your church. May you gather all sorts, Lord, that you would be most exalted in every type of person praising you and bringing you glory. Oh, Lord, it reminds us we get a small glimpse of what awaits us in eternity. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation worshiping you. Oh, Lord, thank you for that glimpse even here in the gathered church today. Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, Psalm 23 as the song of a sweet sheep praising their shepherd. Lord, would you impress the truths of this psalm upon our hearts? Oh, Lord, that we would look upon you as just your little beloved sheep and that we would love you. We would love our shepherd. We would, be, we would trust our shepherd. We would be glad in our shepherd. And Lord, may it, may it change the way we live. Lord, may it change the way we live. May it comfort and encourage and strengthen and sustain. Oh, Lord, we thank you. May you be exalted in the preaching of your word. May you do your good work and build your church. In Jesus' name we pray and the church says, amen. 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 We're closing out the year in Psalm 23 in a series that we've called The Great Shepherd Born in Bethlehem, Reigning in Heaven still with us. Uh, we're actually, uh, just the Lord's kind of sort of moved us this way. We, we, we're ending the year talking about our great shepherd in this series, and we're going to begin the year back in John chapter 10, which is Jesus talking about him being the good shepherd. And so, well, just providentially, the Lord just moving upon us that to end the year talking about looking, seeing our great shepherd, and then beginning the year looking upon our good and great shepherd. So why? Why, why do we need Psalm, Psalm 23? Why, why do we need to fix our attention on the Lord as our shepherd? Well, because if, if the Lord is a shepherd, and we now come to the Lord, and we trust in the Lord, and we begin to follow the Lord, then what does that make us? Sheep right? Sheep. And, and let me tell you a little bit about sheep. <laughs> sheep are helpless. Sheep are vulnerable. 
They're easily frightened. They're prone to wander. They don't hunt. They don't gather. They aren't strong and capable. Sheep are weak and needy. Sheep need a good shepherd. In fact, the life of a sheep is completely and utterly dependent upon its shepherd. The, the outcome of a sheep's life depends upon the type of shepherd that sheep has. There's a video. We actually sent it out this morning through the church app, so I hope you got to see that. But there's a video that I think that's on social media. I think we've shared. I've probably shared. I have a terrible memory, so I've probably shared this before. But I just love this video on social media. There's, there's this ditch, and the ditch is probably one foot in width, and then, and then probably it looks like five or six feet deep. So it's this thin, long ditch that's just, that's just it keeps on going. And, and there's a sheep stuck in that ditch, a little fuzzy furry sheep stuck in this ditch, helpless, unable to get itself out. And, and its owners are there and they're just filming this. And, and they're, they're having to grab this sheep by its legs and, and, it, and just pull this sheep out. And I'm thinking, man, that has to hurt this sheep. But then you're thinking, well, they have to get the sheep out somehow. And so you pull its legs. And so they're pulling this sheep's legs. And they eventually, after having to pull this this, I mean, the fleece on this thing is pretty thick, and so it's, it's stuck in there, it's shoved in there, and so they're pulling it out, and eventually it kind of sort of pops out, and it's dusty, and, and the, the very next thing, it sort of shakes itself off, and, and it hops, and be, you, get, you can tell it's glad to be free, and it begins to jump off and run, and, and it's picking up speed, and, and I'm free at last, and then it jumps, it's going to jump over the ditch, and only to find itself as it falls right back into the ditch. <laughs> And you hear the owners, these, these I guess, shepherds, these, these owners of the sheep, they just begin to laugh. And in a sense, as you're watching that, you kind of have the same response. You sort of say, when you begin to think of us as sheep, that that's how the Lord relates to us. He's the shepherd. We're the sheep. And then you see a video like that, and you say, yes, that is me, Lord. <laughs> I am that kind of sheep. We are sheep who need a good Shepherd. We heard last week how Psalm 23 describes the life of a lamb in the care of his great shepherd. It, it is. It is. A, it's funny because often where do you hear Psalm 23 most quoted? At a funeral, right? But this is a joyful song of life. This is the joyful song of a glad sheep in the care of a good shepherd. That's what Psalm 23 is. The sheep declaring, trusting, and rejoicing in the power and presence of their good shepherd. We need Psalm 23. A, a bad shepherd will leave the sheep. You see that video. A bad shepherd doesn't even know the sheep's gone. A bad shepherd doesn't even take notice of that sheep in that hole. A bad shepherd hears the little bleats, the little cries of that sheep, and, and doesn't come to its aid. A little sheep who's uncared for, who's left alone with a bad shepherd, maybe even abused or mistreated, that sheep isn't going to make it. 
But a sheep with a good shepherd? A sheep with a great shepherd who is mighty and a powerful shepherd who is able to save and help to the uttermost. And, and on top of that, he's not just powerful, he loves his sheep. A shepherd who loves his sheep, that changes everything, doesn't it? Doesn't it? It changes everything for that little sheep. And for those who are in Christ, who have trusted in Christ, who have come to Christ, who by faith have said, I am yours, Lord Jesus, and I am following you, that is your shepherd. He's a great and a good shepherd. The sheep, or a sheep that that belongs to a great and a good shepherd, will not only live, but will thrive. And we belong, as we heard last week, we belong to no ordinary shepherd. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't, he isn't wearied. He doesn't get agitated in the same ways we do. He doesn't lose patience. He doesn't have sort of a tank, a meter of just, you know, I've just lost my patience. He, he, he isn't like us in those ways, and I'm so glad he's not like us. Yet, in Christ, as we heard earlier, taking the form like us, to know us, taking on our weakness so that he can sympathize with us. So we have no ordinary shepherd. No ordinary, a great and a good shepherd. And saints, that is your shepherd. So all of your life is now lived in light of the wonderful realities of being cared for by this great shepherd. So let me, let me just ask, are you aware, little sheep? Are you aware of this wonderful shepherd? Are you aware of your wonderful shepherd? That he's your shepherd and he won't ever stop shepherding you. Are you aware of that in this season of life? Whatever you may be enduring, whatever you may be going through, whatever struggles or weakness or or frailty or brokenness or whatever it may be, Are you aware that there is a a mighty and good shepherd who is your shepherd? Saints, these four weeks leading up to Christmas, we've sort of just built to just keep asking that question. Church, little sheep of God, are you aware of your great shepherd? And we want to just look at him. We want to know him. We want to just keep taking our eyes, little sheep, And just saying, stop looking over there that's causing you fear. Stop looking over here. You look upon your great shepherd and you take comfort in him. And you rest in him. And you be glad in him. That's what these four weeks are built for. Isn't that good? Amen. Amen. Oh my. A sheep that is unaware or has forgotten just who their good shepherd is that he is both powerful and present, most likely has not been rehearsing the truths of Psalm 23. And so we want to just go to Psalm 23. Saints, I need Psalm 23. As I have the joy and privilege of helping direct and oversee what what are we feeding upon, what scriptures are we going to, there's sort of a little bit of a selfishness built into that. I need Psalm 23. But I think... I think you could give me a hearty amen. I think we all need Psalm 23, don't we? 
We do. We do. All right. As, as we go through today, we are focusing in on verse 2 and the first part of verse 3. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. The first thing we see about our shepherd in these verses is that he is the loving shepherd who provides peace. The first part of verse 2. He's the loving shepherd who provides peace. He makes me lie down in green pastures. In studying for Psalm 23, though I am a pastoral shepherd, I have never been a literal shepherd. And so I purpose to have conversations with people. My dad actually spent a lot of his being a young person, a a child, and even as a teen, being a shepherd. And so months out caring for little sheep. And uh, I got to have conversations. I also purpose to find books that were written by a few people who were both believers and either spent time as shepherds or with shepherds and uh, observing shepherds and their sheep, especially in the Middle East, which I thought was, would be helpful as we walk through Psalm 23. So I will be quoting from some of these sources from several of these people today. I think it's helpful to help us understand these particular verses uh, today. One, one of those resources was a man named Kenneth Bailey who uh, wrote a book. He spent over 50 years living in places as a scholar living in places where he was able to observe shepherds and sheep. And the last of those 50 years, uh, he spent in Lebanon and then 10 years in, in Bethlehem, where he was able to observe the daily life out his window. He watched shepherds and sheep and engaged with them. And he wrote this book. And one thing I've learned is that as I read, he makes me lie down in green pastures, is this, this truth. Sheep don't lie down easily. Kenneth Bailey says this, A dog can be trained to sit and to lie down, not so a sheep. A well-known proverb affirms, You can lead a horse to water, but you cannot make him drink. In like manner, no one can make a sheep lie down. Sheep will only lie down when they have had plenty to eat, have quenched their thirst, and are not threatened by any wild animal or disturbed by biting insects. The barking of one stray dog can cause an entire herd to jump up and even run off if not stopped by an alert shepherd. Sheep don't lie down easily because they are so easily frightened. They are not inclined to have calm hearts. Rather, they tend towards having anxious hearts. As I, as I learn that more and more, isn't that, isn't that true of the human sheep even in this room? We are not inclined to peace. We are inclined to fear and fretting and anxiousness. It's very fitting that the Lord would call us his little sheep. The picture here of being in a green pasture isn't merely a description of a shepherd who is providing food to his sheep. It's actually a picture of a shepherd who is providing a place of peace for his sheep. 
where his sheep who are prone to anxiousness and fear find contentment and safety. A place where the sheep know the shepherd is near and has worked to ensure they are safe and provided for. And so then they lay down. I think a wonderful picture of this is in the nightly routine of parenting and putting your kids to sleep. Uh, you, You spent the whole day teaching, correcting, training, and those little ones have been all over the place, right? Getting dirty, getting hurt, getting into trouble. And then, and then as the night begins to come, we, we begin the process of settling their little hearts and minds to, and bringing them to a place of peace so that they will then lay down, right? And so we feed them, we wash them, We tend to their wounds of the day, which are amazing how little kids can get scratches and stuff. You're like, how are you surviving that? We read and sing the truths of God's word to address their hearts. We pray for them. And on top of all of that, we do very, just very practical things. We quiet the house. We begin to tell our girls, we're we're lowering our voices. We're, We're calming our hearts. One way we're doing that is we're lowering, we're speaking softly. We're not jumping on the bed. We're, we're, we're walking calmly. We're calming. We're speaking softly. We quiet the house. We lock the doors. We turn down the air conditioner. We have ours. I don't know if you're nightly routine. Ours, 73. It's every night. It's there. If it's 74 or 75, I'm hearing little children. It's hot. It's hot, Daddy. So we're quieting it down, we're cooling the air, we're we're affecting the conditions. We may even hold them or sit next to them. Our presence and our work throughout that night ensures them, it ensures their little hearts and minds that this is a place of peace. And they trust. And so they lay down. That is the picture of he makes me lie down in green pastures. It's not that I'm always going to be comfortable or never go through hard things or never feel jolts of of anxiousness or fear. It's, It's that as a sheep, I know, I can know and trust that there is a mighty and good shepherd who is always working towards my good who is always guarding and keeping, who is, who is working towards my peace. He has done the greatest work of giving himself to provide for you an eternal peace, a peace with God. And he's done the work in, in preparing a place where you will live for eternity in perfect peace. And he is also such a good shepherd that he is with you today, working to settle your hearts, working to guard you and keep you from things you don't even know about, working to tend to your wounds on a daily basis, working in the midst of every need so that you can be at peace. Every moment, I I I think about this. Sometimes we are, I have been this way. I'm crying out for peace. God, give me peace. I'm so anxious or I'm so fearful or whatever it might be. And then there's a point I come to peace. 
And then I kind of just go on. And the reality is, how did I get to that? Because there's a good shepherd who's tending to my heart. How did I arrive at that peaceful place? Because there's a good shepherd who's not just waiting for me to get to eternity to tend to me. He's tending to me today. When I am most not at peace, it isn't because he stopped being with me. It isn't because he stopped working in my circumstances or working for my good. Often it's a moment I have forgot that he's doing those things. I forgot that he's with me and he's no ordinary shepherd. I forgot that he's still at work tending to my wounds and hears every little bleat, every little cry of his little sheep. I forgot those things until he calms me once again with an awareness that he's near and he's trustworthy and he's good. When we are, uh, when the girls were little, especially when they're sleep training, um, <laughs> there would be these times when you're, you're next to them, you're putting them to sleep and, and all of a sudden you think they're asleep and all of a sudden woof, they rise up just out of bed and you could tell there's a panic <gasps> and they're looking and then they see that I'm there or their mom, and it's funny, they just turn and lay right back down. If you're sleep training, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You, you've laid by the crib all night, and what do you got to do? You keep your hand in the crib. <laughs> you put your hand in the crib just so they know you're there. They, they, when they pop up, they, they, they feel, and they feel that hand there. They know you're there, and they lay back down. That is the Christian life. That is the Christian life. It's not absent of startling circumstances. It's not absent of jolting anxiousness and fear. But it is filled with moment after moment of looking to our shepherd once again and finding peace because he is near. Very simple truth, but very profound truth, isn't it? Oh my. Philip Keller a shepherd and follower of Christ, he wrote a book, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. He says this of, of this very thing. In the course of time, I came to realize that nothing so quieted and reassured the sheep as to see me in the field. The presence of their master. Oh. Let me pause for a second. It's not necessarily the green grass that's giving the sheep peace. It's the shepherd in the field. It's a place that, you think of the Middle East, there's not a lot of places with a ton of green flourishing grass. It's that even in that desert wilderness where there's very little grass, it feels as if it is a green pasture. And why? Because you are there with me. That's, that's the key of that verse. Nothing so quieted and reassured the sheep as to see me in the field. The presence of their master and owner and protector put them at ease as nothing else could do. And this applied day and night. In the Christian's life, there is no substitute for the keen awareness that my shepherd is nearby. There is nothing like Christ's presence to dispel the fear, panic, and terror of the unknown. 
We live a most uncertain life and any hour can bring disaster, danger and distress from unknown places. Life is full of hazards. No one can tell what a day will produce in new trouble. Then, in the midst of our misfortunes, there suddenly comes the awareness that He, the Christ, the Good Shepherd, is there. He, or it, makes all the difference. His presence in the picture throws a different light on the whole scene. Suddenly, things are not half so black, nor nearly so terrifying. The outlook changes, and there's hope. I find myself delivered from fear. Rest returns, and I can relax. This has come to me again and again. The knowledge that my master, my friend, my owner, has things under control, even when they appear calamitous, out of control. Sheep, fellow sheep, are you aware of your shepherd being with you in this way? Whatever's on the horizon, whatever is before you that's causing you fear, whatever today you're coming in with fear, whatever it might be, are you aware that your shepherd, if you are in Christ, if you have come to him and followed him and trusted in him, are you aware that he is with you like this? Working, controlling, never out of control, always aware of the sheep. He is the loving shepherd who provides peace, isn't he? Second, we see that he is the loving shepherd who leads to rest. Second part of verse 2, he leads me beside still waters. The, the picture here is so beautiful, so beautiful. When you unpack the phrase, he leads me, it's actually a different word used than the word he uses later for lead. Whenever he says, you lead me, or he leads me in paths of righteousness, this word in verse, verse 2, this word for lead used in he leads me beside still waters has a different tone. It has a tone of gentleness, of taking up and gently leading or guiding with care and gentleness. The, the, the same word is used in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11, describing the almighty God of the universe, the King of kings, who is a gentle shepherd. Listen to this. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather, listen to how he relates to you. He will gather his, the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. What a picture! What a picture! What a description that the Lord has chosen to help us better understand how he leads his sheep. How he relates to you. He will gather you up, holding you, keeping you near to his bosom. Here, right here, right here. I've had the joy. One Christmas a few years ago, we went to some friends who live on a ranch. They have sheep. And we got to hold sheep, these little lambs. And we're there, and, and we're just holding them. And they are so just frail. 
you feel as if if I just hold this leg too tightly, it shall surely break. But to hold them up, you, you have to take their little legs so that they will calm down and not run away. And so you have to hold their legs at the same moment and you lift them up and you just have to, they have to feel secure so that they'll calm down. That is the description of the Lord and how and in which he relates to you, precious sheep. Beautiful. I think sometimes we think of him wrongly. We don't think that he's leading me that way. We don't think that he's, he's leading us in this way. We, we are tempted to think that, that he's leading us in a way that is filled with harshness and anger. That he's almost sort of jerking us around. I, I'm wanting to go this way and circumstances don't happen as the way I want to. And so now I have to go this way and I don't like going that way. I want to go this way. And so now we can feel, we can be tempted to think this is a harsh shepherd. He doesn't give me what I want. He doesn't let me go where I want to go. He's restricting me. But that's not true of him. He may not let you go where you want to go, but it's so that he can pick you up and hold you and get you to the place that is best for you. He's gentle in his leading of you. He's gentle. I think for a lot of guys, whenever we talk about gentleness, it gets us uncomfortable. It's like, that's not manly. It's not strong. But don't you be fooled. Don't you be fooled. Your shepherd is mighty. He, he, he is mighty. Don't, don't think of it as weakness of him. He is strong and courageous, yet calm and compassionate. Didn't we see that of Christ, our shepherd? Didn't we see that in his life? Bold, strong, courageous in the face of opposition, yet calm and compassionate. Little children would come to his lap. Bold and confident, yet gentle and patient. That is how he leads his little lambs. And where is he leading? So how is he leading? Where is he leading? The literal translation for still waters, besides still waters here, is waters of rest. Gently leading to waters of rest. Oh my. Where they can be calmed and nourished and find rest. A while back I was talking with a friend of mine who, who has sheep and we were talking about the importance of still waters or more so he was just sharing with me this amazement of walking through Psalm 23 and relating to that. And he let me know that rushing water is dangerous water for sheep. We're talking about quick, rushing, deep water. Uh, first, because they are so easily startled, as we talked about earlier, they're easily frightened, they're easily startled. And so rushing water that can maybe drown up some noise, and even as they're trying to drink and splash all of a sudden, it can startle them suddenly, and, and before you know it, all of a sudden your sheep are running away. And second, and probably more importantly, because of their fleeces, if they step down into rushing water or deep water, the water begins to soak into their fleece and they can actually drown in the water intended to nourish them. And so what they, what they think will give them life as they drink it, it can actually kill them. Rushing water is, is dangerous water. So a shepherd 
has to lead his sheep very intentionally. Oh my, hear that. Husbands, dads, as you shepherd your homes, it's, pure, it's, it's grabbing at my own heart as a pastor. Shepherds have to lead intentionally, purposefully, planning, acting on behalf of those sheep. To lead them to a place where they can drink and quench their thirst and be nourished and satisfied. And if you consider the physical land, the geographical place of the Middle East where the context of these verses would have been written, where the majority of the year it is dry and desert-like conditions, a shepherd has to be even more purposeful to know where to lead his sheep to drink from. If you lead them to fresh water, but it's a rushing stream, you could kill them. Or if you lead them to water that's stagnant, it's easy to get to. It's just puddles that are just everywhere. What's going to happen? They're going to get sick. They're going to get parasites, get sickly and die even from that. So a good shepherd must be intentional and purposeful to know where the good restful water is and then to patiently and gently lead his sheep there. I think sometimes we can think of those waters of rest as merely a vacation. If I could just get a vacation, I'll be restful. But then you come back from the vacation and what do we all say? Wow, I need a vacation from my vacation. <laughs> Don't we all do that? Don't we all say that? That has, that has come into every, that, you have had to have said that. I need a vacation from my vacation. I'm so tired from my vacation now. We tend to think of waters of rest. Oh, maybe I just get a vacation. Or if I could just get that job. Or if I could just have that relationship. If I just had that, then I could be satisfied. I would find rest. What is that currently for you in these days? What is it that you're thinking... That's a water of rest for me. If I could just have that, I would be restful. I'd be satisfied. I think that would refresh me. None of those things are bad things that I listed. But they can only provide a temporary refreshment. They can't reach deep into your soul and provide the rest that lasts. So what is that in your life? True Lasting rest and satisfaction and nourishment that penetrates to our, our deepest longings and heart weariness is only found in drinking of the life-giving water that Jesus himself provides. We, we, we've been in the Gospel of John for, for most of the year and we've seen how Jesus repeats that he himself is the well in which the water of, waters of rest are drawn from. He himself is the well. Where does then our good shepherd, Jesus, gently direct our attention and our direction towards to his sheep to drink from in a dry and weary land? Where would he direct them then if he himself is the well? He directs them back to himself. He gently comes to them and picks them up and says, come and drink. And he brings them back to himself. To drink. Oh, if he, if 
from Him Himself flows living water and streams of life. Oh, I only imagine. Come and drink from this stream from my very hand. There is no safer place to drink from. Oh my. Oh. Come and drink of Him once. You, you, you don't just drink once. You keep coming back over and over and over again. That's the Christian life. That's the sheep life. It's a life of Him constantly leading you back to Him over and over again to be satisfied in Him, to be refreshed in Him, to find life in Him and rest in Him. Matthew, Matthew 11, 28-29, Jesus' words, Come to me. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. You've been working to try to find rest and satisfaction. You're working trying to find that good stream. He's come to me and I will give you rest. Take, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And here it is. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. Isn't that Psalm 23 verse 2 B? I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus never intends for you to find rest in another watering hole. He never intends for you to be fully refreshed and satisfied in getting whatever it is in this world, however good it may be. It can never match the goodness of the stream of Christ himself. Philip Keller says this, When sheep are thirsty, they become restless and set out in search of water. If not led to the good water supplies of clean, pure water, they will often end up drinking from the polluted potholes where they pick up internal parasites. And in precisely the same manner, Christ our Good Shepherd made it clear that thirsty souls of men and women can only be satisfied, can only be fully satisfied when their capacity and thirst for spiritual life is fully quenched. By drawing on Him Himself. Oh, amen. You're right, brother. Amen. Not only can we be sheep that can wander off and try to drink from the potholes, but how often have you been tempted to think that your shepherd has led you to a pothole to drink from. I've been tempted to think that. How could you bring me to this place? How could you bring me to this moment, these circumstances? This is a pothole to drink from. There could be no life for me here. Haven't you been tempted with that? Remember that your shepherd loves you and is gently leading you to a place and circumstances where you will find greatest satisfaction and rest 
in drinking of his stream. Even in that desert of difficulty that you may find yourself in. In him is a stream flowing freshly for you. I have had to grow in this so much. In, even in that desert wilderness that he has brought you to, he's gently leading you, wanting you to drink from his stream. Find refreshment and rest in him. Last, we see that he is the loving shepherd who faithfully restores. The beginning of verse 3. He restores my soul. This word to restore is to to return, to, to bring back. David, the writer of Psalm 23, who was once a shepherd himself, is using a very shepherd like illustration to express how the Lord shepherds his soul. He restores my soul. He returns me. He brings me back. Oh, I love it. Sheep often need restoring. We've we've talked about how helpless and pathetic and weak and silly they are, that we are. Sheep often need restoring. They need a shepherd who is constantly looking for them, constantly aware of them, who knows them and will go after them at all costs. A shepherd who so loves them that he's constantly watching them and without hesitation will go after them. And nothing, nothing, I have found so much comfort in this, Nothing will stop his determined and courageous pursuit of his sheep. You can go nowhere where he will not pursue you. You can get into nothing where he will not pursue his sheep. Nothing will stop him. Nothing can hinder him. Nothing will hold him back. He is bold and courageous and mighty and loving. Precious saints, I love next week we're going to hear this, this, this staff and your rod. Oh my, he, he leads, he comforts, and he's got a tool in his hand to break the teeth of the wolves. He is mighty. There is nothing that will keep him from pursuing his beloved sheep. I found so much comfort in this very thing. For, for, for shepherds, restoring sheep is, is one of the daily ongoing works of caring for the sheep. As I read all of these resources, I think I'm like three or four books and talking to my dad, talking to this old rancher friend, I kind of left with this sense of like, who would ever become a shepherd? (laughs) You wouldn't want to be a shepherd. It's so costly. It's so time consuming. And yet for the worldly shepherd, there's this sense of like, it really doesn't bring a whole lot of income. It's got to be this choice of the shepherd to do this with little benefit for himself. I left those conversations thinking, oh, how amazing you are that you would choose to be a shepherd. The work that's required for us silly little furry things running around. The ongoing work and care of the, for the sheep They constantly need restoring because of two primary things. First, they wander off and get lost. And two, they get cast down. Both require the sheep's 
restoration. They wander off and get lost because sheep are so easily startled, so easily distracted, so easily restless. And I, I may even say, it's, I don't know the heart of a sheep, but often it seems as if they get, they're just discontent. I got to go looking for something. I got to go look for those green fields myself. So easily, prone to wander, wander off and just get lost. They have this terrible sense of direction. When the sheep finally realize that that it's lost, it doesn't have the senses to find its way back on its own. And so what does it do when it realizes I'm lost and I don't know where I am, I don't know what to do? It it tries to hide under a bush or a rock and out of fear, it, it begins to cry out. The shepherd must go and find that sheep before wild animals do. Because that sheep has no idea. It's just crying out. Well, who else hears that sheep? The wild beasts of the field see that sheep. They hear it and they're hunting. And so the shepherd understands this and there is an urgency in the shepherd to go and find that little sheep that he loves, and that he knows by name. As Jesus told the parable of the lost sheep in in Luke 15, he describes the response of a good shepherd. He, He leaves the 99. This is the good shepherd. He leaves the 99 to chase down the one. Because he loves that one. He knows that one. He goes after that one. He cares about that one. And it's it's a description of the unrelenting shepherd who won't stop until he finds that sheep. That's Luke 15 verse 4. Jesus says that. He won't stop until he finds that sheep. Unrelenting. Courageous. Rain, snow, wind, dust, wild beasts. He has his rod and his staff in his hand. Pursuing his precious sheep at all costs. Courageous and mighty. Oh. I have often just rehearsed that truth so many times. In a moment of just weakness, of feeling as if my heart is wandering, even. Heart wandering, how could this be good? Or struggling with anxieties or fear, and then found so much comfort in knowing, oh, but there is a great shepherd who is who is pursuing my wandering heart at all costs. Mighty to save. There have been moments, even recently, where I just I just driving and just crying out to the Lord, singing to the Lord, crying out to the Lord, just oh Lord, come and get me. Come and chase me down, Lord. Don't let me get far. Don't let me get far. Oh, my. And once a sheep is found, let me pause there for a second. I hope I don't want to cause anybody to stumble. I'm not talking about like I'm questioning like, you know, faith or the Trinity or things like that. But I'm talking about just wrestling. A little sheep wrestling with fear. A little sheep wrestling with anxiousness. Come chase me, Lord Jesus. Chase my heart. Come restore. Once a little sheep is found, often the sheep are so overcome 
with fear. <laughs> These little sheep, they just, they got themselves into this and there's just no way to get themselves out of it. They're just so overcome with fear. They have trouble even walking on their own. And so the shepherd must pick this little sheep up and carry them back. A good, a good shepherd gives himself for the good of the sheep. A good shepherd sacrifices his good for their good, his strength when they can do nothing. Picks them up and carries them. He lays down his life for their life to restore them and bring them back to where they need to be. I love this. Because his eyes are just always on his sheep and, and because he will courageously and relentlessly pursue them and won't stop until he finds them, you can rest assured of this very truth. He will never lose one of his sheep. There's a song we sing. I just love it. This one little line. When I feel my faith will fail Christ will hold me fast. Oh. When I think that, that the enemy of my soul should prevail, he will hold me fast. Those are sweet words for the sheep to sing. In those moments when you're tucked away under the rock or tucked away under the bush. Precious things, that is your shepherd. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation can separate you from his love and take you out of his grasp. Oh, he will not lose one. Ian Hamilton says this, this is the persevering commitment that our heavenly shepherd pledges to his sheep. No matter what it will take, he will search and search until he finds every one of his lost sheep. This should be the most wonderful of encouragements for every Christian. Not one of the shepherd's sheep will be lost. On that day, when our Savior descends from the heavens with a shout, not one of those he ransomed with his precious blood will be missing. Amen? Amen. Not only are sheep prone to wander and so need to be restored and brought back to the right place, sheep also often are in need of being restored from becoming cast down sheep. They become cast down sheep. There's this phrase of being a cast sheep, of being a cast down sheep. Sheep they're just so helpless. They can lay down. They can stretch out. And it's a moment of comfort and rest. And they're laying down. And then suddenly, 
for a couple of different reasons. They could be a pregnant little sheep. They could, they could be bigger. Or they could be the, the, the fleece, all sorts of things. And all of a sudden, their balance, the center of gravity just sort of changes. And the next thing you know, they, they flip onto their backs and they're stuck on their backs and their legs are straight up into the air and they can do nothing to help themselves. They, they're trying, they're flailing, they're doing whatever they can to kick and move, but they cannot restore themselves back up. I read that even, even in under like three hours, a sheep could die from being cast down. The gases and all that sort of stuff, they can choke, they can suffocate. A cast down sheep. We think of predators that can harm sheep. We think of them getting lost. We, we don't often think of them being cast down. Philip Keller says this of cast down sheep. Only those intimately acquainted with sheep in their habits understand the significance of a cast down sheep. A term for a sheep that has turned over on its back and cannot get up again by itself. The cast down sheep is a very pathetic sight. Lying on its back, its feet in the air, it flays around, frantically struggling to stand up without success. Sometimes it will bleat, it will cry out a, a, a little for help. But generally, it lies there lashing about in frightened frustration. If the owner does not arrive on the scene within a reasonably short time, the sheep will die. This is but another reason why it is so essential for a careful shepherd to look over his flock every day, counting them to see that all are able to be up and on their feet. If one or two are missing, often, often the first thought to flash into his mind is, one of my sheep is cast down somewhere. I must go and search and set it on its feet again. During my own years as a keeper of sheep, perhaps some of my most vivid memories are wrapped around keeping account of my flock and repeatedly saving and restoring cast sheep. On the one hand, there is the sheep so helpless, so utterly immobilized, though otherwise strong, healthy, and flourishing. While on the other hand, there is the attentive shepherd quick and ready to come to his rescue, ever patient and tender and helpful. Oh, oh, aren't you glad the Lord pursues the lost sheep? But aren't you glad he can restore cast down sheep? Oh, precious saints, we have a loving shepherd who restores our souls. Wandering, cast down, we have an attentive Shepherd, quick to come to our rescue and the call of the sheep. What, what do we do as we rehearse these truths of Psalm 23 as we see how good this shepherd is? What do we do? What is our response? It is to join in the song of Psalm 23, looking upon our shepherd, being amazed at our shepherd, growing in greater love for your shepherd, and to simply be glad sheep in the care of a good shepherd. That's what the call of this is. That's our response. We don't bring a lot to the table. 
We're not helping the shepherd build fences. We're not helping the shepherd craft the little watering holes and all this sorts of thing. We just are glad sheep in the care of the shepherd. That is our call. Look to your shepherd. Love him. Run to him. Be glad in him. And know this as we close. Know this, that in the pain of loss, there is a gentle shepherd caring for you. In the anxieties of uncertainty, there is a purposeful shepherd leading you. In the frailty of broken bodies, there is an able shepherd tending to you. In the weariness of life, there is a strong shepherd nourishing you. In the failure of sin, there is a relentless shepherd pursuing you. In the pits of sorrow, there is a faithful shepherd restoring you. In the seasons of singleness, of marriage, of parenting, of joblessness, you fill in the blank. The ongoing peace and rest of the Christian sheep is in the fact that you have a caring and good shepherd. Amen. Amen. Let's pray.